Praise the Lord. Welcome this morning. Uh, I'm excited this morning. I, uh, and the uh, Lord's been talking to me about, um, about peace. And uh, we're going to start off with a scripture this morning. So all you who have your Bibles and your pencils and your paper, hold up your Bible and let's go to John chapter 14, verse 25 and say, spring is on the way when you get there. Come on. You're there already? Guys, you guys are fast. You guys are fast. Oh my gosh. All right, are you there? You got your Bible? All right. Jesus is talking uh, to the disciples, and in John chapter 14, verse 25, he said, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, let not your hearts be troubled and let, let it neither be afraid. And the thing, the things that I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks is, where is the peace? You know, 2020 has been a difficult year. Uh, the years before that, I can't remember being so hard. And I don't know what 2021 will bring, but I know that God is releasing his word in these days. And if we truly are the sons that are walking by the spirit, we're not going to be waking up in the morning and say, what in the world just happened, right? Amen? And so Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. So this lets us know that there are at least two different kinds of peace. And I'm very curious about, Lord, what did you mean about my peace that I, that I give to you? He said it's free. He gives it as a gift. He didn't put any conditions on it. He said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. And so it leaves us thinking about, well, what kind of peace was he talking about? And how do we identify it? How do we recognize it? How do we receive what Jesus is offering? Because our, our responsibility when something is offered by Christ to receive it. Amen? That it's not just going to automatically happen. It's not going to just be like a microwave. You press the button, he gave it, so I've got it. There's something that needs to be done in, in who we are as his creation to receive it. And so which one do we receive? And how do we recognize it? And how do we know what the difference is? Because Jesus said, not as the world gives, but my peace. So one of the first things we have to do is figure out, well, wait a minute. I don't want to receive the wrong one. I don't want to put my sight and my hope in the one that's wrong. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So that means that the world is giving a peace in the day that we're in that we probably should be very cautious at receiving. Two kinds of peace. Jesus and the world's. What's the difference? Do you know what the difference is? How do you recognize it? How do you know 
which one is were to embrace and the other one were to be wise were to be wise let's go to the world to figure out what the world has to offer with peace so we have the internet we have wikipedia we have we have uh, we have dictionaries right and so if you look up peace as viewed by the world it's a state of quiet tranquility a state or a period of which there is no war peace is the concept of so of societal friendship and harmony in the absence of hostility absence of violence in a social sense peace is commonly used to mean a lack of conflict or a lack of war and freedom from fear and violence between individual groups throughout history all throughout history that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the message this morning leaders have tried to bring peace and diplomacy and establish certain types of behavior in their kingdom that there would be peace so that's the definition of peace if you were to study it a little bit uh, it's no it's not expansive it's not all consuming it's just a little glimpse of what the world defines peace Let's look at the biblical meaning of peace. The biblical meaning of peace is to com- be complete and sound, to be made whole and in right relationship between two parties. It is in its deepest application in a spiritual sense through restored relationship and harmony with God. That's what the Bible talks thinks about, teaches, rehearses when it's thinking about peace. Why did he say don't be afraid? It seems like he was talking about peace and then he's saying and also I'm giving you peace and also don't let your hearts be afraid. Why did he say that? When two things are opposed, they cannot be reconciled. Wherever wherever there is unrest and fear and doubt, there's self-preservation. Each side wants to come out of the conflict unhurt and more powerful self-preservation let's look at what's going on in the world right there are so there seems at this time in my life there are so many more conspiracy theories than at any other time that I can remember there are conspiracy theories on almost everything of people having ideas and opinion about what really they think is going on on any subject we have 
China developing its military and military equipment through Navy and Air Force and armies. We have the nations of the world following suit and pumping millions and billions of dollars into military campaigns and adventures. America and its passion for the moon and the Mars and space travel with SpaceX. And it seems like rockets are being launched every other week. Whereas growing up, it seemed like a once or twice in a lifetime adventure. We'd all watch the news and we'd see the rockets launch and think about how technologically challenging and amazing that was. Virgin Galactic and SpaceX constantly trying to be the first one to Mars and to the outer places of the atmosphere. We have India developing their military in the Air Force and the Navy. Did you know that India is the third of the fourth largest military in the world? It's amazing. Japan is ranked number five. North Korea developing ICBMs, right? It doesn't seem like you can turn on the news without seeing North Korea be launching a new rocket, intercontinental ballistic missiles, to try and preserve themselves as a nation. Iran developing nuclear capabilities, right, through enriching uranium. Currency being redefined as we know it. Bitcoin and the internet and stocks and bonds and all things, they're not following the rules that, that were in place for economic activity and economic prosperity years ago. It's been redefined. The entire world is fighting COVID, something they can't see, and they're hoping for a scientific marvel and a breakthrough to be the answer with a vaccine. We have cyber threats and hacking doesn't seem like you can be on a computer these days without being aware of the threats that are coming throughout the globe with other nations trying to hack other nations and get into secret places of, of what they value and what they see as important. We have AI, artificial intelligence, expanding at a rate that's unprecedented in the world. We have robots in our homes today vacuuming for us, and we have drones flying in the air delivering mail and planting forests. We have unmanned aircraft and unmanned cars driving themselves. And the amount of artificial intelligence that's being developed now to, to try and help us, right, help us in our struggle to maintain and live life. We've got Alexia and robots and we've got Ask Google, right? You want to know anything? Ask Google. You want to know something? Ask Alexa. <laughs> U.S. debt is approaching almost $30 trillion. And I understand that the world debt, uh, the U.S. world debt now is surpassing gross national product of what we're able to produce. It's unthinkable, unfathomable, just amazing. The numbers are so gigantic that we can't even represent the capacity of the bigness of those numbers in our minds and what that really means. I heard one estimate that if we were to pay off the national debt of 
it's either 28 trillion or if you think about all of the other debt that's going on with with all of the other government things could be up over 100 i heard one person say if each taxpayer was to pay their portion of the national debt it would be just under a million dollars just under a million dollars for every taxpayer in the united states just for the debt of america unthinkable Stimulus deals where nations are asking people to trust in government, receive our help for you. Even uh, in our Congress and in Washington, they're still struggling about yet another stimulus deal. Because we have got to control this thing that has been released because people are struggling. And the whole idea is that the government comes to the aid of the people and fixes the problem through another stimulus deal, continuing to drive up debt and things that we will someday have to reconcile with. People hoping in governments and technological and scientific advancements to be the answer for us, the military power and peace, that's what the world has to offer. When we think about two different kinds of peace. Jesus said, not as the world offers, I give you my peace. And we think about all the things the world has to offer, and most of it's really discouraging. And why would we want to receive the peace that the world is offering? But what about the other one? The one that Jesus said, how do you identify it? How do you enter into it? How do, you, how do you go after it? How do you possess it? How do you get your hands around it? How do you get your minds and your thought around it? That you can bring it to some tangible evidence of, because we all want peace. All of us. The uncertainty of what I just read to you can be overwhelming. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So Jesus is offering peace that is his, exclusively belongs to him. And he's offering it in the day that we're in. There was a woman at the well looking for peace when Jesus was walking on the earth. And she was looking for something that she really didn't know what it was. She was looking for peace. She was looking for somehow to settle her anxious thoughts. Settle what she viewed as the religious response of the day. And Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Nor in Jerusalem. You'll worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. Jesus said, You worship what you don't know. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And then he gives a really important insight. God is spirit. Those who worship him and receive from him and get something from him, those who can get thoughts in their minds around how to receive the peace that Jesus is offering, Jesus said this, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There, you know, there are things going on in the spirit every moment of every day that the natural cannot perceive and know and understand. You have got to discern by the spirit. And I'm so encouraged that the day we're in, because you're growing in the spirit, you're learning to look into the Spirit. You're learning to grab onto things in the Spirit and tangible things like hope. How do you look upon the threat that we're in and try and walk in hope and peace There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 when the king of Syria was making war against Israel. Do you think the nations of the world are making war with each other in the day we're in? And the threats? Well, the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And it says in 2 Kings 6.14, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the entire city. And when the servant came to the man of God and arose and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? This seems hopeless. Where we don't have an army that big. We don't have the resources necessary to come out of this in victory. We don't have the wherewithal, the technological advancements to win this one. There are too many chariots out there. We have been overtaken by a kingdom that is stronger than ours. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so the prophetic voice in the day that we're in is communicating the prophetic voice of God about what to do. What should you be doing? And the prophetic voice stands up and Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open the eyes that he may see. His eyes were open. What is he talking about? Open his eyes. His eyes were open. He went to the city gate. He saw all the armies. He came back and reported what his eyes saw. He saw the chariots and the horsemen and the weapons of warfare and the vast armies and the smoke coming up from the campfires like they were there for business. His eyes were open. Why is Elijah praying that his eyes would be open? So the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around the city. You see, 
God is expanding your understanding and your growth as a Christian. God is expanding your ability to look into places where the world can't look into. It's expanding your ability to understand dreams and understand prophecies that were written in your life. To understand the word that is being released because Jesus said, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And he's teaching you to grab hold and to hunger and long for the peace that is the peace that's eternal. The world's peace is fragile. The world's peace needs managing. The world's peace needs to be, needs to be carefully, carefully manipulated or it crumbles. Think about the nations of the world like North Korea developing ICBMs, about, about Iran developing and enriching uranium. Very, very fragile. There aren't clear answers, but the peace of Jesus Christ is the solid rock. It's not fragile. It doesn't need to be manipulated. Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots all around. Why couldn't the servants see the hills and that before Elijah prayed? Because he was looking at the natural surroundings with natural ability. And God is teaching you in the days that we're in through adversity to look into spiritual places that changes everything, that changes every threat, that changes every place of depression, that changes all anxiety, that changes all of the hurt and the pain and the suffering. In the Spirit, there are answers that God has already provided. And He's teaching you how to discern the difference between the natural and the spiritual. And He's teaching you how to go into spiritual places to be encouraged. Are you with me? All right. Babylon. It's prophesied that Babylon would fall in Revelation. Babylon is the system, is the representation of the systems of the world. I just read to you in the beginning what the world has to offer, right? All of the things, the COVID, whatevers, the governments, the government constantly trying to manipulate the circumstances to have it come out positive for the people. They set up their answer to bring peace to the people, figuring that if everybody does the same thing, there would be peace. The problem is that very few, that, that, that there were only a, there's only a few people who really know God. The world at large doesn't know him. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 8, Therefore, at the time a certain Chaldeans came forward to accuse the Jews, you have to understand that what I'm talking about with governments trying to manipulate and manage peace for the benefit of the people has been going on since before the time of Christ. And in this case, in Daniel, the king wanted to bring peace to his kingdom. And so he manipulated the government of his time to build a statue out on the plain. 
the statue was huge. And he said, if everybody is doing the same thing, if everybody does the same thing at the appointed time, there'll be peace in my kingdom. And so he sent out the decree that said, when you hear the song, the, the harp, the lute, and the, the psaltery songs, everybody bows down to worship, there'll be peace in the kingdom. And I'll get to rule the kingdom without the threat of other nations. And so he builds a gigantic statue and he issues the decree that goes out and the majority of the people don't know any different. When I asked you in the beginning, what is the difference between the peace that Christ offers and the peace of the world, the majority of the people on the earth, even in our day, don't know there's two different kinds of peace. And they're constantly looking for government, for answers. And these people did as well. And so we read on. O king, you have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and excuse me, and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So if you weren't going to align with what the world at that time had to offer as peace, there was going to be a consequence. And basically they were going to get rid of all the people who didn't agree with uh, how to bring peace into the kingdom. Thrown into the fiery furnace. <clears throat> So as we continue, chapter 12, uh, verse 12, there were certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid regard to you. They do not serve your gods, and they don't worship the golden image that you have set up. <clears throat> you see, when governments and people don't understand the ways of the Lord. They try to set up man-made things on their own to fill the gap. And if you don't know the Lord, it would be impossible to move into the place of the Spirit to understand what His heart is. These men understood and possessed the peace of the Lord. They possessed uh, relationship with God. And what the king was asking them to do is set aside your own training and your own religion of your own false God and worship what I've given you. Worship what I have set up. Worship the answer that I have provided in my kingdom that would produce peace and unity and favor. And if everybody will worship one thing, then all of the distractions will be brought into a common sense of understanding and there will be peace. The king comes and says, all right, he's furious. The very thing that he spent months and months and years developing is now in jeopardy because a few Jews aren't obeying the command of the king. 
So he's furious, and he commands his armies to go and get these men. And they bring them back before the king. And the king says, is it true? Is it true that after all of this, you're not going to believe and you're not going to do what I've asked you to do? All right. I'm giving you one more opportunity for peace. When you hear the sound of the harp and the lute and the tambourines and the music, if you fall down and worship what I have set up so that we can be in unity in this kingdom, then I'll spare your lives. But if you don't, you're going to lose your life. Listen to this amazing response. Chapter, uh, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, you have, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. They had relationship. And their relationship with God was so important that they didn't want to exchange their relationship with God for the relationship of a golden idol that had no power. They didn't want to exchange the true peace for the peace the world was offering at that time. And they said, my God is able to deliver me, but if he doesn't, it doesn't change anything. He is still God. And then Nebuchadnezzar, the expression on his face changed, and he was angry and furious, and he commanded the men to be gathered up and thrown into the furnace. King's command was so urgent and so extraordinary uh, passionate that he commanded some of the leaders of his army to throw the men in. And on the way up into the ramp, the fire was so hot, even they died. They were thrown in. And then it says in, in verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? Why then is there four? And we know the rest of the story about the king commanding his people to yell into the fire and bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out, and they were unhurt, right? because they chose to believe and receive the peace that was eternal. That's the rock. That wasn't fragile. That wasn't, didn't need manipulating. satraps and the administrators, the governors and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed nor was their garments affected and the smell of fire was not on them. You see, whatever is going on in the world that I 
summarized at the beginning that has no power over you when you choose to walk in and by the Spirit, when you choose to discover places that are new and fresh. When thinking about experiencing peace, it can only come from one source or it's false. And if it comes from the faults, it won't stand and it won't last. It's fragile. When you meet him in and by the Spirit, whom the world cannot see, when you experience the threat, being anxious, experiencing fear, look into what's happening around you in the Spirit. Look up at the hills and see the witnesses and the governments of the kingdom of God holding their place and not wavering on your behalf. Look to the throne where the one who made the heavens and the earth is still presiding over it. God is still presiding over the heavens. He is still upholding his word over your life. He has determined your beginnings and your end. And something so insignificant as COVID in the realm of the spirit, in the throne room of God, cannot steal from you one millisecond of life without the author of creation being aware. Look into the throne of God who made the heavens and the earth because he's still presiding over it. Look to the blood of Jesus Christ that redeemed you and made a way for you as a son of the Father. See the fields of beautiful flowers and the sunlight experiencing gentle breezes. You may be in the middle of a war. You may be in the middle of one of the darkest places, but in the spirit, there's bright, beautiful fields of sunlight and flowers and peace and joy. In the form of the spirit, there are streams of of living rivers of waters and trees on each side of the banks that are clothed with foliage and fruits that yields its harvest every single season. And that the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. That's what's available when we walk and we live in the Spirit. Remember that God has never failed you. Not one time. In bringing you to where you are right now. Remember that you came from what is written about you as we heard the service open up about how God formed you and put you together and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your life has testified of who he is and your life from, the to- from this time forward will continue to be an example of his love and his authority and the power and his ability to see you through. Where he said he would wipe away every tear He said he would do away with every anxious thought and declare that you are his own special son. People, there are things that are going on in the spirit, even now, that God is releasing 
because Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, but my peace. It's immovable and unshakable. But in order to experience it, you've got to continue along the journey. You've got to continue along the path, being willing to put aside your former beliefs like the woman at the well. She was convinced that she was doing the right thing because of everything that was in the past. But Jesus said, the day is coming where you will worship in spirit and in truth the living God. You see, that's, that's our charge. Coming to church is great, wonderful. It gives us a sense of family and unity. But unless you decide on your own behalf to seek the peace that Jesus said was yours to experience, and you can't do it by paychecks or insurance policies, or you can't do it by government programs or the strengths of armor or... Uh, developing a space capsule to go to Mars so we can get off this earth and start somewhere else. Fred, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen by you discovering places in the spirit, discovering fields of flowers, discovering rivers of water, discovering the refreshing that comes from his word discovering the places about how to speak to the threat, how to release his word out ahead of you so that the principalities and the powers that have set up what they believe to be the peace of the world is spoken to and the truth that is written about in his word prevails over that. About you discovering in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the hardships, and in the midst of the hardest year we've had in a long time, discovering, oh, I found a peace. I have found him in a way where my heart isn't anxious every single day, but I get places of rest and peace that are fresh and new and exciting. That is where you're going. That is where you're being offered to, to walk and be uh, experiencing, discovering new places in his word, discovering new places in the spirit where you're like the book that is written in the spirit, out of the spirit, I don't know. All I know is, and he gives the, uh, the expression of his experience. I saw things too wonderful to even have words described. Amen. Praise the Lord. Those of you who are online, I hope the word has blessed you this morning. We're transitioning our service. Uh, we'll bring our tithes and offerings and do announcements. So God bless you. Uh, let there be peace in your homes and your hearts. Let the peace of Jesus Christ and the, the, uh, the wonderful moving of the Spirit be upon your family and be upon your gatherings in this season of holiday. Let there be peace on earth. Amen. Amen. God bless. All right. Uh,